Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Great to have you connecting with us today. For those of you that don't know me, my name is John, and together with my wife, Hannah, we lead the location in Bury St. Edmunds. So big up, Bury St. Edmunds congregation. Give us a shout out in the comments right now. But wherever you are joining us from today, you are so welcome. Whether it's here in the UK, whether it's overseas, whether you're joining us from one of the prisons, we are so pleased that you are connecting with us today. Today I'm going to talk to you about watching your words, or wisdom for the things we say. Here's an interactive poll. You can get involved in the comments. Have you ever said something that you later regretted? Give us one of those hands up emojis. You said something that afterwards you just wish you could take it back. Well, there's some of you, you're saying yes, so you need this message right now. And there's some of you who haven't bothered to respond. Maybe you're one of those people who are like, I'll never write anything in the comments box. Well, you by default are saying no, and you're lying, and so you need this message even more. The reality is, we've all said some things that we wish we could take back. So we can all get some wisdom for our words. My reading for today, the passage of scripture that I'm leaning on is Proverbs 18, verse 20 and 21. It says this, From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death. Proverbs and the whole Bible, in fact, talks a lot about our words. And the Bible makes it pretty clear that what we say is powerful. It's a matter of life and death. So we will all benefit from getting some wisdom in the area of the things we say. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that as we look at this area of of wisdom for the things that come out of our mouth, wisdom for our words. I pray that you would speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the first thing I want to say to you today is this. Our words are important. You know, first off, it's just good to be understood, right? When I got married to my wonderful wife, Hannah, I realized that there's some words, some expressions are used where I just get this blank face. It was clear that she didn't have a clue what I had just said. She didn't have a clue what it meant. Now maybe you're watching and maybe your partner's from a different culture, got a different primary language to you and this happens a lot. But this shouldn't have been too much of a problem for Hannah and I. I mean, English is both of our first language. But then I realized that I grew up in Ireland, so I'd picked up some Irishisms as I was growing up. And then my family from a little village just outside of Cambridge called Wilbraham. The locals call it Wilbraham. So I've got some Irishisms and some Wilbrahamisms. And she had no clue what some of them meant. But hey, we've got a global audience watching today. So I think you might be able to do a little better. This is your chance to play along at home. You've got to get better than zero out of three to win. Here you go. First word. What is a Kobe? What's a Kobe? What does banjaxed mean? Thirdly, what does rummen mean? Kobe, 
Banjaxed Raman, how well are you getting on at home? Pop your answers in the comments. This is where I need the countdown music. The answer's coming up. A Kobe is an untrustworthy person. You might be driving along, you see someone acting a little bit suspiciously, you might say, there's a Kobe. Banjax is broken, it's completely unusable. You might turn around and say, that is completely banjaxed. And then Raman, it's a strange or frustrating experience. So you might just say, that's a Raman. There you go, how did you get on? So on a basic level, our words are important for us to be understood. But here are two reasons that the Bible teaches us why on a spiritual level, our words are really important. Firstly, our words are important because they impact others. You know, what comes out of our mouth has a profound impact on the lives of others. Our words set an atmosphere. Our words create impressions. And when I'm talking about our words today, I'm including our written words. I'm talking about our social media posts. Uh-oh, you know, those direct messages that you're sending. Because today, your words will be powerful. They will either bring life and encourage, or they're going to drain your life and the life of those around you. Proverbs 15, verse 4 says this. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but the perverse tongue crushes the spirit. That word soothing comes from the Hebrew word rapha, which means to heal. And that word perverse comes from, or is rooted in the Hebrew word solaf, which means to twist. So Proverbs tells us this, our words can bring healing, they can bring restoration, they can bring life, or they can be twisted. I don't know about you, but I look into our world and I see a lot of twisted words. Words that are twisted for personal gain. Words that are twisted just to enforce my opinion. Twisted words that cause hatred and suspicion to rise. But God has called us as the church to do something different with our words. He says our words should bring unity. Our words should bring hope. Our words should bring restoration to our world. Our words are important because they impact others. And secondly, our words are important because they reveal our heart. You might be familiar with the expression, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But you may not know or you may have forgotten that that is actually a direct quote from Jesus in Luke chapter 6. And what Jesus is saying to us is, what is coming out of our mouth is an indication of what is deep within. And the Bible tells us that God cares about the condition of our heart. And I can find an indication of my heart condition by what is coming out of my mouth in my uncensored moments. Wow. I know God is speaking to me. And you might not be going around turning the air blue, but there might be some stuff that is coming out of your mouth that indicates there's some areas of your heart that still need some work. So do you agree? Our words are pretty important. I'm going to get super practical for the remainder of the time that we have together today. And let me say this, God has been challenging me on all of these areas as I've prepared this message. 
There's a great series that comes out of Life Church in America called My Big Fat Mouth. And some of that has inspired some of this preach. I'd encourage you to check that series out. So practical stuff. Are you ready for four swaps for wiser words? Have you got your note-taking thumbs or you've got your pen ready and your notepad? Here we go. Four swaps for wiser words. The first swap is this. We're going to swap gossip for silence. Proverbs 17 verse 9 says this. Whoever would foster love covers an offence. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. And Proverbs 18 verse 8 says this. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. How tempting is gossip? So easy to fall into, right? Proverbs says it's like choice morsels. What's a choice morsel? Well, for me, these are choice morsels. If I open, oh, it's so tempting. If I open this packet of Jaffa cakes right now, you will not have any further preach. Because when I start a packet of Jaffa cakes, I just can't stop. And Proverbs says that's like gossip. It's like we start to say something and we just can't stop. You know how it goes, don't you? Hey, I wasn't going to say this today because we're live and this is going around the world, but um, hey, if you just lean into your, your TV set, your phone, your laptop, just, just you and me and I'll tell you this. You know, I haven't seen um, Bob in church for a while. And uh, I was chatting with Amy the other day and um, she saw him quite late in town and apparently he's working late, but Tell you what, if you've seen his Insta stories recently, I think we all know what he's working late on. But let's just cover him in prayer, shall we? Hey, so easy, isn't it? And we've gone down this route, but Proverbs says that gossip is like these choice morsels, and it goes down deep inside of us, and it's doing something to us. You know, gossip is rooted in this. Gossip says, I... I'm strong. You are weak. We say it because it makes us feel less of a mess about the areas in our life that are not quite right. But the Bible says something completely different. The Bible says that we are weak, but He is strong. You know, we are all a mess. And without Jesus, there's mess in all of our lives and the fix isn't found in putting someone else down so that we feel a little bit better. The fix is found in connecting with the one who is strong. Hey, you're probably nothing like my awful example. But let's be careful even about the subtle gossip that creeps into our life. The things that maybe we just implied but never quite said. Let's be careful about those just-for-prayer prayer requests. Let's guard against gossip. What's the swap? Well, the swap is to swap gossip for silence. Sometimes we just need to say nothing. Now, that doesn't mean we go through our life not talking to anybody. But there are some things that we just need to say nothing about. Proverbs 11 verse 13 says this, a gossip betrays a confidence, 
but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Sometimes there's something we just need to say nothing about. Craig Rochelle, who's a, a pastor in the US, says this. He says, everything that is said must be true, but not everything true must be said. Not everything true must be said. There are some things we just need to keep to ourselves. And sometimes we just need to say this, I can't talk about that. That's not juicy gossip. That's not hugely exciting, right? But you know what? When I have heard a friend say that to me in the past, firstly, you feel a little bit awkward. Secondly, your trust level goes way up. And you know that who you are going to go and share with next time you've got something that you need to talk to someone about. So we're going to swap gossip for silence. Second up, we're going to swap anger for gentleness. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Sometimes you just feel it rising in you, don't you? You just want to tell them what you really think. And what about when someone comes at you and they're angry? And you're just like, how are you going to respond in that moment? Proverbs says that a wise response is gentleness. Because you can do years of damage in one sentence. Pause. Take a moment. Do I really want to say that? You know, so often the thing that causes anger to rise in our life is actually rooted in a really small issue. And before we know it, a harsh word has come out of our mouth. And it's like feeding a fire. Before long, you don't even really remember what it was that originally got you upset. You just know that you're mad, right? But wisdom says this, I'm not going to let anger drive my response. It doesn't say what they said was right. It just says that I can take responsibility to calm this fire or potentially spend years trying to repair the damage of a harsh response. So we're going to swap anger for gentleness. Third up, we're going to swap lies for the truth. Proverbs 12 verse 22 says this, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. My mum always used to say to me when I was a kid growing up, John, hate is a very strong word. How many of you have parents who said that to you growing up? Hate is a very strong word. But God says this, Proverbs chapter 6, I hate lying. Why is lying such a big deal to God? Well, God is truth. What did Jesus say in John chapter 14? I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if God is truth, lying must come from the devil. And that's what it says in John chapter 8, that the devil is the father of lies. Wow, that's strong stuff, right? After all, we might ask ourselves, like, who is it really hurting? Well, the truth is everyone. It's hurting you, it's hurting them, 
and it's hurting God. God hates lying. Lying is the devil's language and he wants us to lie so that we can begin to step out from living in the freedom of God's truth. Oh, there's so much I want to say to you on all of these areas, and I invite you to join us on Tuesday night where I'm going to spend another 10 minutes unpacking some of this further. But you know, lies constrict. And that's why we use that expression, a web of lies. Because it's one lie on another lie, and we're covering that with another lie and another lie, and before we know it, we can't find any peace in our life because we are so constricted by the lies that are tying us down. What did I say to who and who did I say what? And I don't know if I'm going to be found out tomorrow and there's no peace in our life. So the wise thing to do would be to swap lies for the truth. And hey, if you find yourself constricted by lies in your past, there's good news. Because there is a freedom that can be found in repentance and confession. Repent and confess to God, but maybe to someone else as well. And you can begin to walk in the freedom of living in the truth too. Then fourthly and finally, we're going to spot complaint and criticism for thankfulness and generosity. It says this in Proverbs 29, 11. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Wow, this is a, a tough one for me personally. Criticism, complaint. I find it easy to complain. How many of you have noticed this? Nothing builds connection quicker than unified complaining. You go into a meeting, you start complaining about how bad the traffic was on the way to work, you're going to have people who want to talk to you straight away. I remember when I was a carpenter, I worked for some not-so-good companies. That's a nice way of saying it, isn't it? But you go onto a new site with maybe a load of blokes you'd never met before in your life. I can guarantee you, when you sit down for that first cup of tea, and tea is very important in the life of a builder, if you started complaining about the company, the way the site was run, about the organization, you would have a load of blokes who want to have a chat with you straight away. But here's the problem. That brings death and not life. It's not bringing life to you. It's not bringing life to those around you. And what's more is it's not even a true connection. Because I can guarantee you, you will walk out the door and they will start complaining about you too. A connection built on complaint isn't a real connection at all, and it's just tearing you down. So what's the swap for us? Well, instead of just being critical, we can start to be thankful. What are you thankful for today? And maybe you're a critic. You know, to be a critical thinker is not wrong, but to constantly spout criticism is. Maybe your thoughts, your criticism is correct. And I'm not saying we need to hold that back and never give our opinion. I'm just saying we need to find a healthy way of working together when we've got different views. You know, if like me, you maybe struggle in that area of criticism too, I'd encourage you maybe to try, next time you're feeling critical, instead of trying to be critical, to become curious. Ask a question. Don't just proclaim your opinion. You see, the critic tears down the curious builds up. 
The critic often comes from this point of view. How can I stop this? But the curious say, how can I help solve this? You know, our world needs people where we're stopping having a slanging match over our different points of view, where we come together and have a constructive conversation about helping one another. So we're going to stop complaint for thankfulness and criticism for curiosity. As I finish up, I've talked a lot about the words we say to others. But you know, what you're saying to yourself is really important too. I wonder, what are you saying to yourself? Are you looking at yourself and saying, you're an idiot, you're a failure, you're broken? Or are you speaking the truth of God's word over your life? You know, there's no point being lovely to others all day, but speaking to yourself in a way that's beating you to pulp. If God doesn't want you to say it to others, he doesn't want you to say it to yourself either. Remember, your words are powerful. And as we go through life and we follow God, he wants to do some area, some work on this area of our words. What are you going to say? What are you going to bring? Life? Death? It's in the power of the tongue. Hey, I know I've covered a load of ground. And I'm just going to pray, and I want to invite you to take a moment to pause. Because maybe, as I've shared, you've felt one or several of those areas are a challenge for you. Well, you can join with me in saying, yeah, I know at times my words haven't been as wise as they could. And in this prayer, I'm just going to say, God, I'm sorry for the times my words haven't been wise. And I want to be wiser with my words. Help me in the future. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help me, help us all, to be wiser in this area of our words. Lord, forgive us for the times when we've spoken unwisely and we have done damage. I pray that as we go forward, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I thank you that we can change and that we can take this wisdom and become wiser in our words. Thank you for listening to this podcast we pray it's been a blessing to you why not share it with your friends and family through social media if you're not on the regular podcast list then why don't you subscribe thank you especially to those that give if you want to give to this ministry you can go to our website thec3.uk slash giving and get involved god bless you